and move on into the AFC teams. This is probably the better conference across the board. I mean, you just got crazy amount of good teams at the top. Uh, and there's going to be a dogfight going into these playoffs. But we're going to go ahead and go from division to division. Let's start with the AFC North. I'll do a better job this time talking about the over-unders. Right now on the ESPN uh, one from May, they have the Bengals at 11.5, Ravens at 9.5, Cleveland Browns at 8.5, and, and then the Steelers at 8.5. So... Some pretty high over-unders here for the win projections. And I, I think for for good reason. I mean, you know, when I look at this division, I said in the the NFC North that I thought that was probably going to be the most exciting division in that conference. Well, I think that the AFC North is probably the best division in football, period. I mean, you got with Lamar Jackson healthy, the Ravens are going to be scary and that defense is going to be amazing. It's just going to be, can that offense and Lamar Jackson stay healthy with OBJ? Uh, you pick up Zay Flowers. Uh, you got J.K. Dobbins healthy again. Uh, and then you got the Bengals, of course. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl, you know, back-to-back -back AFC championships. Uh, you got the Browns, who I think their defense is improving, and I think it's going to really carry the majority portion of their team. It's just going to be, can Deshaun Watson, you know, get back to his old form? I actually hope he doesn't because I'm praying on this man's downfall, but that that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, and then you got, you got guys in the receiving room now. You know, you got Amari Cooper. You pick up Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, so the receiving core is getting better. Uh, and then you got the Steelers. I mean, Steelers always have a top five to 10 defense in the league. Mike Tomlin, one of the best coaches. It, it doesn't matter where you think they're going to finish in this division. They always find a way to have, you know, an over 500 record. They they just find a way to do it. Kenny Pickett, while he's not elite or anything crazy, you know, coming off his rookie season, he's really safe with the football. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. And he had a couple really solid game winning drives last year. And then, of course, you got Najee Harris in the backfield. You got Easy Pickens, George Pickens, uh, trying to break out as a wide receiver, too. Uh, so you you got a really great division here, and I'm excited to see how this all plays out. So, uh, Preston, let's start with you, man. When you, when you look at this division without giving out too many spoilers here, who do you think has the advantage between the Bengals and the Ravens? Because on paper, you're going to say the Bengals, but do you think Lamar Jackson being healthy and this Ravens team has anything to say about that? The Ravens' secondary is trash. I know they've always been able to figure it out, but hey, I think that the injury bug is just a Ravens thing. Um, like they lost a lot in the secondary. Obviously, you know they've had a lot of injuries the past couple seasons. It's safe to say, like they're probably going to end up going through it again. Like this is a Ravens team that they just haven't been able to to put it all together, and I feel like they're they're going downhill. You know, obviously Harbaugh is a good coach. You've got Lamar Jackson there. Lamar Jackson talking about throwing all these yards, and they got J.K. Dobbins back and healthy. So, you know, maybe their offense can be good, but this is turning into a league where your secondary is becoming very important. And if teams are able to just light them up down the field, like you're just going to make every game a shootout every single week. I don't know. I don't see that happening, especially with Lamar Jackson, who great quarterback, but his arm talent doesn't compare to 
Joe Burrow or honestly, even Kenny Pickett. All right, let's relax there. Let, let, let's relax on the Kenny Pickett stuff. But uh, that's, yeah, no, you know, I think I think you bring up a good point, Preston. I mean, because you got to look at when Lamar Jackson was fully healthy two years ago and they played the Bengals. The Bengals and Jamar Chase just completely wrecked their secondary. And that was back, you know, when they still had a guy like Marcus Peters. Uh, they don't have Marcus Peters anymore. Marlon Humphrey, I think he's an elite cornerback. But outside of that, I don't really trust their secondary too much. Uh, I think Kyle Hamilton. Week Martindale's not any, there anymore either. Yeah, yeah, and you and, and Week Martindale get hurt. What's that? Didn't Humphrey get hurt? I think he's out week one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's that's another thing. He's going to be out week one. Uh, but I mean, they're playing. I think they're playing uh, the Texans, so they don't they don't have to trip too much in that game. But yeah, they their defense got wrecked uh, in the secondary. So you know, at full force, the Bengals are better. Uh, but I mean, it's just crazy to think how valuable Lamar Jackson is with this team. I mean, when, when Lamar Jackson is on the field, the Ravens are just that much better. And and we can see a, a, there's a clear gap between the two teams if Lamar Jackson isn't on the field. So you got to really heavily rely on him staying on the field. And then OBJ is just so hit or miss too at this point in his career. So, you know, looking at the Ra- uh, Ravens free agent signings, free agent losses, you know, of course, they they signed Lamar Jackson finally to that big extension. There was a lot of talks about that. If they were going to pay him, they finally ended up paying him. You know, of course, I said OBJ. Uh, they picked up Rocky Sin, but I mean, again, he's not he's not he's just not like a really crazy starter there. Uh, they picked up Aguilar, you know, really Aguilar. All, everybody's dropping the ball just like Aguilar. Uh, and then they picked up Trayvon Mullen. So honestly, like they didn't do anything too crazy, but you got to look at the losses. They lose Ben, Ben powers to Denver on the offensive guard. Uh, they lose Marcus Peters. Uh, yes, I get he's aging, but I mean, another secondary piece for them. They lose. I think the biggest loss for them was Justin Houston, who had nine and a half sacks for them, uh, as a veteran on the edge rush. So, uh, that's a big loss there. So I think their defense is still going to be good. Of course, they traded for Roquan Smith last year. Overall, their defense has always been pretty intimidating, but you know you're going to have your hands filled when you're playing a team like the Bengals because the Bengals they they invested a lot in their free agent uh, offseason this year because they don't they don't really do. I mean, the Bengals are never known for having a big offseason, but this year you know they went out and got Orlando Brown some more protection for Joe Burrow. Uh, they pick up Jermaine Brandt. Uh, they also get Terrell Basham. He was a former Cowboy, by the way. Uh, and then they picked up Sidney Jones in the secondary. So, yeah, they lost some things. They lost Jesse Bates. They lost Vaughn Bell. They lost Hayden Hurst. Yes, teams lose. It happens. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to say that the Bengals definitely have the advantage here uh, because of, uh, I agree with you, Preston. I think uh, the secondary, you know, is a big hole, especially going against the the Bengals wide receivers. So uh, that's what I think. Gladhill, what do you think, man? When you look at this Bengals and, and Ravens at the top of the, the AFC North, I mean, obviously it's, the biggest buzz is going to be on those two teams. I mean, do, does the Browns or the Steelers, do they have any chance to like sneak up in there and get second? Or what, what do you think here? Well, I just think it's a little surprising that the Browns and the Steelers have the same over under at eight and a half. I, I think the Steelers, especially being very, very undervalued at eight and a half. Um, and you could definitely make the case for the talent on the Browns roster. But I, I just think from a culture standpoint, the, the Steelers are, are clearly – I. I I, I give them the advantage there. And, um, you know, I picked up my boy George Pickens in fantasy. You know, excited to see how he plays. And I, I think there's fewer questions on defense on the Steelers side than, than even the Ravens. So I think the Steelers are, are, are the second best team in this division. I think they're going to compete with the Bengals uh, for a division victory. And I think I think the Steelers are easily an 11, 12 win team. So I think wow. I think seeing them at eight and a half, I, I definitely, definitely would take an easy over for the Steelers there. 
Wow. Would you agree that the Bengals have the edge over the Ravens? Yeah, I definitely would say so. I, I, I just think you got Joe Burrow coming back as your quarterback. I think their, their trio of receivers there easily beats the Ravens receiving core. And, you know, you definitely make the case for losing pieces on defense. I think you start to pay more guys. I think uh, you get into the conversation later of like, okay, you know, Chase is going to get paid. What's going to happen with T. Higgins? You know, you probably you may lose out on Tyler Boyd too. Um, you know, you, you probably can't pay two elite premium receivers uh, and expect to have any talent on the other, you know, expect to have a ton of talent on the rest of your roster. But I, th- I think the Bengals are the better team there than the Ravens. I believe in Burrow a little bit more than I do Lamar. And both teams have some questions on defense, but I, I'm easily taking the Bengals and that receiving core and being a proven team that can that can go and win in the playoffs. Where the Ravens, I think you definitely have some question marks there of, of, of how good they can be in the, in the big games. So give me the, the, the Bengals at the top winning you know, 12, 13 games easily. I like that. Preston, okay, so it's clear that you, you have the Bengals as the clear favorites in this division, but how, do, how does two through three go? In your eyes. Hey, I got to agree with Gledhill. I am high on the Steelers this year. I'm high on the culture. I'm high on their defensive players returning. High on Kenny Pickett having a a better year than he he did last year. And he showed some really good flashes last year. And I'm betting on them actually running the football this year. Obviously, their offensive line is their biggest question mark. So I think they are going to be a throw first team again, which traditionally isn't. Steeler football, but I think you can, if you're creative enough as a play caller, you can still get the running game going with Najee Harris. And, you know, Mike Tomlin's just such a good coach, like always going to be at least at 500. I see them improving compared to last season. And I see the Ravens not being as good as last year. So I've actually got the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to be better than the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's not crazy to say. Uh, because I think the Ravens are heavily relying on health to get them to winning games. And Steelers always have good showings against the Ravens no matter what. So that's honestly like not a crazy thing to say. I mean, the Steelers have historically always been a great regular season team. And they're going to find a way to win regular season games, even if their roster at times seems to be kind of going up and down. This year, that's not the, the that's not the case at all. The only thing I'm concerned about the Steelers is Matt Canada. I don't like his play calling too much. I thought his play calling last year was really sus. Uh, Preston, you were were mentioning that. I mean, the fact that Najee Harris had such a really, I mean, he's had such a breakout rookie season. And then the second year that they just didn't utilize him. Right. But I I really like the receiving core. I think George Pickens is going to take that next step as wide receiver one. He's really flashy. And then of course, Kenny Pickett is a guy that you know, say what you want about him. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, he's going to take care of the ball. Uh, ball security is going to be really good there. But their monster defense, oh my gosh. I mean, their, their defense is just insane. Like, we talk about how underrated the Browns defense is. The Steelers defense is just straight up elite. TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know, they picked up Cole Holcomb. They just got a haunting defense. And it's going to be it's gonna be hard to stop teams like this. I think Lamar, the offensive line is really going to struggle. So I think they can get to Lamar pretty easily. Uh, come up with some defensive schemes to slow him down. Uh, but I mean, they also picked up a guy like A-Rob, Allen Robinson as a wide receiver three. Uh, and then, you know, Keanu Neal, Patrick Peterson had a really great year for the Vikings last year. Uh, and now he's in their secondary. So their their defense is just really, really good. And then, of course, you got to look at the Browns, too. The Browns, they they traded for a guy like Zadarius Smith. So their defense is going to be good. Honestly, like I'm high on every single defense in this division. 
it's not ridiculous to say that the Steelers defense is going to win them a lot of games this year and, and their offense just has to be competent. So I'm going to say that the Bengals win it. I think they win about 12 games. They'll probably split with some teams in this division and they they got to play the uh, the Bills at home and then they got to play the Chiefs on the road. So those could be some tough losses too. So I see the Bengals at about 12 and five, you know, 13 and four team. <sighs> I'm going to take the Ravens slightly over the Steelers, but it's going to be closer than y'all think. I think the Ravens go 10 and seven, 11 and six. Steelers are going to go the same, exactly the same, 10 and seven, 11 and six. And then the Browns, the Browns, I mean, I think they could sneak into the playoffs. It's just going to be really hard because they're going to be battling with a te- with teams like Miami, you know, maybe the Jets, depending on where they finish in their division. That last wild card spot is going to be up for grabs. And I think the Browns could be in that conversation. Uh, but historically, they they always fall a little bit short. So, and I don't like Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm praying on this man's downfall. And he didn't show me enough last year. So if something happens to him, I mean, DTR is going to come in, that dude from UCLA. But I, I don't like Deshaun Watson. I, I think he he could have another struggling year in the passing game. And honestly, like this is a big year for him to show that he's still that quarterback in I don't know if he's going to be able to do that, but I do like their defense. It's going to be hard to score points on them. I think uh, a lot of teams are going to win low scoring games against them, uh, but I I don't see them competing with uh, the Steelers, the Ravens and the Bengals. So I have them finishing last. I think eight and a half is fair. Honestly, I think they will be about eight and nine, probably exactly. So that's what I got. You guys got anything else to add to that? I think if I were to give my picks here, I, I, I I think the, I think the Browns, I think there's some shaky things going on there with their culture. Um, I, I get it. You know, you run the ball there. You got a couple of good receivers, Amari Cooper and, and um, uh, David Njoku. And, you know, it, it, I think I think there's some good names there. But I I, I just I question, you know, Kevin Stefanski leading the team and, and Deshaun Watson, whether he can be, you know, even nearly the same quarterback he was in Houston. Uh, just, just too much noise there. And... Yeah, they're talented. They might win some games early, but I think I think late in the season they're gonna they're gonna falter a little bit. And uh, I, I think they're probably an eight nine win team. And Kevin Stefanski, I, I I don't know. I don't know if he makes it through. And then yeah, I think the Steelers. I'm, I'm way higher on them. I'm gonna gonna have them as an eleven win team. I think Kenny Pickett showed me enough. So I'll, I'll be I'll be a little conservative here. I think the Bengals will, will edge them out by a game, but it's gonna be, it's gonna be close. And give me the Ravens, you know, nine, ten wins. But 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 it's interesting. I, I think the Browns, though, really, really, really interesting team. Uh, I think they could win eleven games if Deshaun Watson gets back to where he was and Nick Chubb stays healthy and, and that offense keeps rolling. Kevin Stefanski really is a great head coach, but I think there's just too many questions there. And I would definitely sell the Browns stock by the by the Steelers stock. So that, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think I think three teams in this division make it regardless of where the Ravens and Steelers finish. I think the Browns are going to be the odd man out. Uh, so that's what I got. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the AFC South. This one, I don't think we're going to talk about this one too much because I think they're, in my opinion, there's a big gap between first place and two through four. I think Jacksonville is clearly the best team in this division. Uh, even though they didn't win the division by, you know, a lot of games last year, they peaked at the right time and got hot in the playoffs. And uh, I know I know Preston isn't going to want to say good things about Jacksonville after that playoff game, but uh, hopefully he can he can find it in his right mind to say something good about him this time. They're over unders nine and a half, uh, which I think is fair. You got the Tennessee Titans at seven and a half. You got the Colts at six and a half. And then you have the Texans at five and a half. I mean, where do we start? Jacksonville. Jacksonville is, you know, clearly the team in this division to beat right now. Uh, and I say that because I think they're going to have a more consistent full year of football last year 
They they started a little shaky, lost a lot of games that they shouldn't, and won a lot of games that they shouldn't have. They beat the Ravens, uh, which I didn't think they should have won that game. They beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys choked a huge lead in that game. And then, you know, they lost some other games. I think they lost to the Texans once uh, in an early week game. And they lost a couple other games that they shouldn't have lost. Uh, I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. So Jacksonville was kind of up and down at the beginning of the season. But they they peaked at the right time and they stole that division single-handedly. And I think they're going to be one of those teams in the AFC that they could, they could take the next jump with Trevor Lawrence if he continues to develop and be that that quarterback that we think he is. Most people have him as, you know, around a top seven to 10 quarterback in the league, which I think is fair. And look, nine and a half, honestly, like it kind of seems a little low just because I think that they're going to be a team that, that wins 10 games this year. I, I think they're going to be a team that, they will be one of the AFC's best. Christian Kirk had a really great season for them last year as a wide receiver one. Now they bring in a guy like Calvin Ridley. Now you're taking a lot of pressure off that. You're adding another weapon. You got Travis Etienne uh, as another year as a running, good running back in the backfield. Uh, you got an improving offensive line. You got an improving defense, young defense. Uh, so I think Jacksonville is clearly the favorites in this division. Gledhill, I got to ask you about Tennessee. You know, Tennessee, it looks like they're kind of shifting to a rebuild right now. You know, Derrick Henry, at a certain point, he's going to regress just about how much they run the football. Uh, but do you think that the Titans maybe a little bit are kind of like the Steelers were the past where they have a really great coach and Mike Vrabel, just like Mike Tomlin. And a lot of people aren't going to expect them to be very good, but they could be a team that could have a above 500 record and possibly sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I'm never betting against Mike Tomlin, that's for sure. Um, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, that offense, you know, Traylon Burks in year two. Offensive line definitely has some questions, uh, and so does their defense. But I, I just think, you know, culture, having some continuity at quarterback, returning Ryan Tannehill, if, if he's not great in the first, you know, I think they give him four or five weeks and then turn it to Will Levis and, yep. or Malik yep. Willis. I'm hearing Malik Willis is, is quarterback number two, so that's – Really interesting there. Uh, Mike Vrabel's you know, kind of been singing his praises all offseason. You know, saying he's, he's kind of earned his stripes in year two. Um, so I, I think this offense, if, if Derrick Henry can stay healthy, I think it, it has a way that it's going you know, to score points, have success. But I, I just think the roster as a whole, you know, offensive line, some spots on defense, lots of questions there. And uh, I think they'll be competitive, but I don't see them beat the, the Jaguars. I, I think the Jaguars just, again, just – I like their culture a little bit more, and I, you know Trevor Lawrence is a lot more upside at quarterback. Imagine uh, adding Calvin Ridley to on the outside. And, um, I, I don't think you know it's not overreact and say Calvin Ridley's you know <laughs> going to be Jamar Chase, but I, I think he's going to be really solid. And both these teams, I think, will, will beat up on the on the Texans and Colts. But yeah, give me the Jaguars. But I think over nine, I think nine and a half is low. I agree with you. I think I think they're a 10, 10 11 point team. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And and look, Tennessee, I think Tennessee is going to be one of those teams where they get, they're going to kind of be like Jacksonville last year. They're going to get hot at the second half of the season, you know. So I look at their schedule, look at their schedule. They're at New Orleans. They're playing the Chargers. They're at Cleveland. They're versus, at home versus the Bengals. I think that's that could be an 0-4 start right there. That's an 0, That could be an 0-4 start right there. Then you go to on the road against Indianapolis. You win that game. Then you go home against Baltimore. I think that one's a uh, one of those like overseas games. Uh, so you never know how that game could go. You could lose that game. That could be one in five. Then you have a bye. Uh, you got a, the Falcons at home. Say you win that game, two and five. Then you're on the road against the Steelers, two and six, I'd say. Uh, on the road against Tampa Bay, 
three and six at Jacksonville, three and seven. And here's where the schedule gets a lot easier. This is where they can make a little bit of a run here. You're at home against Carolina. You win that game. You're at home against Indianapolis. You win that game. So boom, you're five and seven on the road against Miami, five and eight. Then you got Houston at home, six and eight, Seattle at home. You lose that game. So you mean six and nine. And then you got Houston at home. I think you win that game, seven and nine. Jacksonville at home the last week of the season. They split with Jacksonville. That's an eight and nine. That's an eight and nine team right there, Glenn Hill. And I don't I don't think a lot of people would expect the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and to and I just want to add, you know, that 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 Titans Jags game at the end of last year when Mike Vrabel was rolling out Josh Dobbs, like that was still a competitive game. I, I think Mike Vrabel, without him, this is a four or five win team roster wise. Right. Um, you know, yeah, okay, you got some upside at receiver with with Hopkins and maybe Burks can make some plays and but you know and Derek but Mike Rabel's the one lead the lead the ship here and I, I think just because of him they're they're gonna be I don't think they're a playoff team because I, I don't think more than one team can make the playoffs in this division. But eight and nine, nine and eight, if they're right there, like I I, I think that's a good year for Mike Rabel with, with this roster. I, I think they're they're a little bit of a rebuilding team. But they're not going to go all the way into rebuilding. Uh, it, it's kind of weird because you're kind of information gathering on Will Levis, but I don't know when he's going to get to play. Like if he's third string quarterback, well, who knows? Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see. But Colts Texans, I, I think the Colts is fascinating just because of the whole Jonathan Taylor story. I want to keep that as far away from your rookie quarterback as as, as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with a with a young quarterback like Anthony Richardson, you want a guy like Jonathan Taylor on your roster. But obviously, when it comes to money and Jonathan Taylor thinking he's being undervalued, and but then again, he's coming off a year where he's hurt and he's not coming off his best year. It, you know, it's messy. It's really messy there. So, you know, I totally understand the Colts side of it. I totally understand Jonathan Taylor's side of it. I just, I don't know, him showing up to training camp and, and looking dejected, and that's just not a good look. I, I just think there's too much noise around the Colts right now. I got a whole, you know, Shane Sykes kind of put out the fire there, but. Yeah, he was able to mold Jalen Hurts, but there was not a lot of negative energy up in Philadelphia as he was trying to develop Jalen Hurts. So I, I, I think in Indianapolis, it's he's got a welcome to head coaching, you know, you know really early here, uh, having to deal with with Ursay and Jonathan Taylor, and just not to mention you got to develop this quarterback. It's, there's a lot going on there, and then, and then the Texans again. C.J. Stroud's going to be the guy again, just information gathering. They could be a four-win team and D'Amico's going nowhere and it's it's okay. There's no pressure on them. Not a ton of noise around the Texans. We're hearing a lot more about the Colts and Jonathan Taylor than we're hearing about the Texans. So I, I think, like, I don't really care, you know, who's going to finish third or fourth, you know, but Colts just it's too much noise there. Yeah, well, very well said. Preston, uh, I mean, obviously the, the Jaguars stick out of this division the most is, is there anything else that, that that sticks out through this division? I mean, the Titans are going to be a team that uh, everybody thinks is going to be trash. They could surprise some people. Uh, but after, outside of that, you got the Texans and the Colts with two rookie quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, that's uh, how, how do you see this this one playing out? Yeah, I think Glad Hill's analysis was spot on. I think you know, Tech uh, Titans are going to be a eight and nine, nine and eight team. And I think that's a good year for them. I, I think it's important for them to start off the year strong based on their schedule. You know, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville is a team that, you know, I have them at 11 and six, but I think they're a team that could potentially win 13 games this year. Honestly, I I think they're going to be, they have the potential to be that good. And the Colts and Texans, I think, you know, it's so tough to tell with rookie quarterbacks, but 
you know, I've got the Colts finishing up at six and 11 and the Texans finishing up at five and 12. I think that's just pretty safe and, and accurate right there. And honestly, I think that's both those teams, at least the, I think that's the Colts ceiling. Um, and then the Texans, you know, who knows there, you never know. There's those teams that nobody's talking about in the off season. And all of a sudden they just have like some, you know, nine and eight year out of nowhere. And then they make the playoffs which, you know, I, I doubt it's going to happen, but, you know, you just never know with, with teams like that. So that's where I've got that division finishing up. You know, I, I think Jacksonville and, and Tennessee are going to dominate the, the divisional games. And then outside of their division, I think we're going to see how good Jacksonville really is. And then I think Tennessee is going to, you know, they're going to be in a lot of competitive games outside of their division. Yeah, so... I think I think you're spot on with Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is an 11 win team. They they and they could skyrocket to 13 if Trevor Lawrence becomes that MVP candidate that I think everyone expects him to become. Titans, I think the Titans are going to get hot at the end of the season and they're going to find a way to go eight and nine, nine and eight, uh, and possibly be on the brink of making a playoff game. Uh, not saying they're going to do it, but hey, man, a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this team because you know Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of leeway for Ryan Tannehill if he has three or four bad games, they're going to they're gonna pull him quick and throw Will Levis because they're going to want to see what they have in him. Do you Will, think they're going to put Will Levis in there after three or four games? If, if Tannehill plays bad, I, I really do. Listen, I do listen, think they listen, do. listen. I think that would be suicide to throw your rookie quarterback in that situation after three or four games. Listen, okay, you got Derrick Henry, but you've lost so Like, who do you have in, in, in the receiving core anymore? Yeah, I mean, no, no, you bring up a good point. D-Hop and Traylon Burks, that's it. Literally, that's it. Right, exactly. They, they got nobody. So I think that's suicide to put him there. I think you treat this as a building year. You use Tannehill almost as like a bridge quarterback at this point and develop Levis if you really believe in him. And then maybe you throw him, you throw him in there, you know, later in the season, eight, nine games. I think three or four games, would that's just way too early. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you. Uh, I just don't know how much how much at this point they believe in Tannehill. I mean, like you would think that'd be the the smart decision, but man, I, I Tannehill's been hurt now. And, and, and who's to say that he's going to even be healthy. You know, you never well, know. They, we might not uh, even, even have to have that conversation. Are, are they trying to like make the playoffs and like win a Super Bowl this year? Like probably not. Like, right. Exactly. Like, I don't think that's their expectation. I think they should be thinking two, three, four years from now, especially with this roster, like this roster I mean, Vrabel's going to, you know, he's going to squeeze the juice out of him. Like, like that's what he does. He's going to get every last drop out of that orange, you know, and I think that's a lot of a big reason why they had so many injury issues in the second half of last season because they were such a physical team the first six, seven games of the season. I mean, remember they they went into Kansas City and (laughs) they were blowing up the Chiefs players on every single play. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. they were. They they played tough, man. They played tough as hell. And they were not back, backing down all the way to the end of that game. And, you know, that's that's what you're going to expect from them. And maybe that's the reason why they're having issues um, in free agency, you know, being able to sign players because that's not really tr- attractive in today's day and age for players who want to have longer careers. And, um, and, you know, they're thinking about themselves as a business, what's best for me long term, um, you know, back in – 80s 90s even early 2000s like that was the type of culture that you know people would want to go to i mean you watch the florida documentary and you see the way urban meyer treated those guys 
like that that's not an attractive you know recruiting style nowadays especially with social media and everything players really view themselves like a business so i think i think tennessee they have to do a lot of internal uh reevaluation and figure out what their vision is i hope their vision is develop will levis give him a shot the later half of this year figure out if he's a guy they want to invest in and then go from there but yeah i think you throw him in there after you know three or four games i think that's suicide yeah no i i think you bring up a great point uh but let me ask you this preston you know you were talking about you said that the titans probably aren't really expecting much to happen what if brabrell's thinking opposite what if he's actually expecting this team to do something because even though the roster has weakened over the last few years, I mean, you got to keep in mind, this team was the number one seed in the AFC two years ago. They almost beat the Bengals in that playoff game. Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. It cost them that game. And they were the number one seed two years, just two years ago. Last year, they had a little bit of a down year. They had a lot of injuries. You, you said they played physical. Tennessee is a team that I think Brable looks at this roster and he says, yeah, okay, maybe we're declining a little bit, but I still got Derrick Henry, right? I, I I still got Ryan Tannehill, who's been to an AFC championship. I still have a really, you know, physical defense. Hey, man, Jacksonville, everybody's talking about Jacksonville. I can still win this division. I can still make a run in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know what, maybe yeah, yeah. Ray viewing if, this team a little differently than we are. If, if you're, th- yeah, it, it, that could definitely be his mindset because I don't think he's a coach who wants to lose. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're thinking from the standpoint of, Okay, Derrick Henry is our our identity, right? And his time is ticking. Like running backs only have so long in the NFL. Like, how long can Derrick Henry keep this up? I just think at this point, like, if you're the front office, I know Ray Rule wants to do his thing. I think you've got to talk him into exploring trading Derrick Henry. I, I I honestly do. I think you have to explore trading Derrick Henry and start investing in the future. Um now I know that's tough to hear and I don't know that's you know a bit controversial but the the running back position in the NFL I mean as great as Derrick Henry is if you're not getting Derrick Henry out of Derrick Henry then you're better off like not having Derrick Henry you know what I mean and I'm not sure how much more he has left in the tank yeah no I I would agree with that uh Tennessee is going to be uh, a team to keep an eye on this year because, like I said, I really, I really do think this is the Pittsburgh Steelers 2.0. Like Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, two elite head coaches. You got a roster that's getting worse. We thought the Steelers were getting worse. They're gonna find a way to win nine games this year. They're just going to like just watch out for it. It's gonna happen, and we'll just see how at this point how D Hop looks and and uh, and of course uh, Derrick Henry, how much tread he has uh, left, but. Yeah, uh, I I really do think that uh, picking up a a new general manager and Rand Carthune is is really going to help develop their culture too because you look at their last GM, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but their last GM uh, was a big reason why I think their roster kind of went downhill a little bit. I mean, of course, we look back at that A.J. Brown trade, uh, you know, last year in the draft. That was not Mike Vrabel's decision. I know Mike Vrabel loved A.J. Brown. And that that ended up setting back, I think, their franchise a little bit because that was they had an elite wide receiver on their team, and and they just traded him just like that uh, on draft night for nothing. So, uh, and I know Mike Vrabel was pissed about that. That was not his decision. So, yeah, honestly, I think this new GM brings in a little bit more continuity. You you just got to look at stuff like that. So, 
Uh, Tennessee Titans, you know, while they look like they're trending down, they could be a team that's trending up. So you got to watch out for them. But I think we we all three agree the Jaguars division, uh, it's their division to lose. Preston, uh, just going back to you, uh, when, when you look at the Colts and the Texans, I mean, is it fair to say that the Colts are the worst team in this division? Because even though you got two rookie quarterbacks, the Colts, I mean, the decisions that Jim Ursay has made with Jonathan Taylor, you got the Jonathan Taylor drama. Like, it just seems like that the Colts are going to be a team that is going to be in the running for the number one pick this year. Yeah, potentially. Um, they're a really young team. And sometimes you like teams with controversy. Sometimes you don't. Controversy affects teams in different ways. Like, you can either use it as a rallying point or you can use it or it can be devastating for the Colts. I don't know how this Jonathan Taylor drama is affecting the team. I don't know if it's, if it's going to make the team closer or not. Um, a lot of that just depends on kind of like how the, how, how the head coach handles it. And I, I think it's safe to say that the Colts ceiling is, is six wins. I think that it, that is fair to say. But it's just going to depend on Anthony Richardson. I think, I think he's he's talked a lot of talk to get a high draft pick. I, I don't know if he fooled everybody, but like looking back at him in college, like he was not anything crazy. Like, like dude just had an insane combine and started talking like super confidently. So in the preseason, he looked all right, but I don't know. Without Jonathan Taylor, you can't run the football as well as you would have hoped. I think it's fair to say, yeah, they, they definitely could be the worst team in the league and, and get the number one pick. You know, I, I just like to think, like, I don't know, based on the way the Colts have continued to play over the last 10 years, I mean, they, they haven't been, like, the worst team in the league. The Texans have. Um, and I'd say the Texans are probably the safer bet to be the worst team in this, this division. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts were at all. Uh, well, I think Jim Irsay is I, – I think he's one of the, the worst – like businessman in football right now. I, I don't like his decision. I, I don't like the way he talks to the media. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like they're in the right headspace uh, to compete at this point. Uh, and I, I think, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, uh, I, I, you're right, Preston. I don't know how much this has affected, you know, the guys in the locker room, but I do know one thing that it's creating a lot of uh, buzz in the media. And I, I think that at this point, Jonathan Taylor is not going to play another snap in Indianapolis. It's just not going to happen. There was, you know, talks about them trading him, talks about getting a contract extension. Uh, Jim Irsay is not a guy that I don't, I don't think he, he he's looking in that direction. Now it looks like Jonathan Taylor is not going to get traded. They're trying to find trade suitors for him. They couldn't figure it out. So now they're saying that he's going to be out the first four games. And then what? You think he's just going to come back and act like nothing happened? No, that's not going to happen. They're going to try to put this on hold as much as they can so they could try to see if they can trade him because they're not going to end up signing him. There's just no way. So in my opinion, that's why like, I don't even think about touching Jonathan Taylor in fantasy this year because there's just no shot I think he's ever playing another snap for this team. I, like I said, I don't know how much this has affected them in the locker room, but I, I'm expecting that Jonathan Taylor's not going to be there. And if I'm expecting Jonathan Taylor not going to be there... I really don't see how how Anthony Richardson and the rest of this team is just going to function. And I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And and you brought up a great point about Anthony Richardson, Preston. This dude is just really a physical like specimen. That's all it is. Like he had a crazy combine. He has all the physical traits to be a really good quarterback in a sense. But 
uh, he's just so inexperienced in other things. You look at his time in Florida, uh, he completed like under 60% of his passes, which is not very good. Uh, he struggled to throw the ball. He was very inaccurate. Uh, so you're kind of banking on Anthony Richardson, like physical traits to get you through games. And I, I think as a rookie, you're putting a lot of pressure on him, especially with a team that is not going to be able to run the football without their star running back uh, and their receiving core. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr., I don't really view him as a wide receiver one. Uh, so honestly, like I, I really do think that there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this team. And you can say the same thing about the Texans, but I at least think the Texans have a head coach uh, who's going to be, you know, having these guys play physical. I think their defense is improving. And I, I think CJ Stroud is is a little bit more experienced in terms of, of a passer of Anthony Richardson, especially at the college level. I, I think you go back and you look at that CFP semi against Georgia. CJ Stroud made, uh, he passed all the necessary t- tests to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, and then you look at the preseason, I think, in the preseason, C.J. Stroud made some really great throws that made you question, okay, maybe he, he's there's going to be growing pains, but he's more ready as a passer and an NFL quarterback ready than Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson is more of a project-type player. So I think six and a half for the Colts uh, is absolutely their ceiling, uh, but I, I, I see them being a four-win team. Texans at five and a half, I would take the over. I think the Texans could go six and 11, seven and 10. Uh, CJ Stroud has a solid year, but I'm thinking that the Texans are going to be better than the Colts. I think the Colts are going to be the worst team in this division. Glad Hill, what were you going to add to that? I was going to add on to that. I, I, I think we're now kind of in an age where, you know, these, these first round quarterback, they don't get three years to prove themselves. They don't negotiate the rookie deals. It, it's set in paper based on where they get drafted. So it, it's not, these first round picks don't have the power that they used to have. And with Anthony Richardson, I think of this team, there's a ton of noise. Jonathan Taylor doesn't come back, which I agree with you. I, I think the two, I think the two sides are far apart right now. I think um, if they win three games and they have the number two overall pick, are, are they just going to move on and take Drake May or, or Michael Penix or a guy that you know is a little bit more established as a passer with with maybe just as much upside? You know, Drake May having just as much upside as Anthony Richardson, like. Do they move on, or, or what does Shane Steichen have to see in Anthony Richardson to say, you know what, yeah, this is our guy moving forward? So, but then again, you know, the roster is really not there, so I, I just don't know if he's really in the right position to succeed in terms of the personnel around him. I mean, the coach is there. Yeah, I, I, I like Shane Steichen, but I think being, I think, I think going from being kind of the second guy in Philadelphia, the second guy with the Chargers, to to now you're the guy in Indianapolis dealing with. Ursay dealing with Jonathan Taylor and his all this noise and, and then and then not to mention that the offensive personnel is just not really there yet. I, I, I just think it's a lot. And um, you know, who's to say they're not just gonna move on to another guy next year if they win three games and they have the number two overall pick. So I don't know. I, I think that's it's gonna be fascinating to follow. Yeah, and here here's here's the to, to kind of answer your question, not really answer your question, Glenn Hill, but kind of piggyback off that what you were saying. I think the Colts are going, they know they're going to be a bad team. They're not going to compete in games this year. So they're going to be around their, you know, four to five win team. I think if you're in contention to have a number two, number three overall pick, I think you highly consider if, and this is, you know, banking on Anthony Richardson, at least showing, giving you another year, giving you another year. Like he played okay enough. Uh, You got to look at the circumstances. I think you got to bring home, you got to bring home Marvin Harrison Jr., I think you gotta you gotta build on the legacy of his father. Get get Anthony Richardson that wide receiver one. 
and then next offseason try to build that offensive line and the rest of the team because uh, and hopefully at this point maybe Jim stays out of town uh, and you just start a you know a whole new culture shift there in Indianapolis. But I am heavily rooting for Marvin Harrison. If they had the number two overall pick, think about how valuable that pick would be if Drake May is going to be available there. How much of a of a haul they could get for that? But then mm-hmm. you have to be you have to be certain like Anthony Richardson's the guy. I mean that's 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 what's tough is like what what does he have to show this year with a limited roster that's going to let the let Steichen know that like he is he's the guy. I mean that's there's just a lot of questions. I don't know. That's gonna be fascinating because because I would take Drake May over Anthony Richardson right now. I mean I, I <laughs> would the Colts do that a year from now? I mean I don't know. Well, what are the Cardinals gonna do? Because the Cardinals might have the number one pick. You know, like, do you still value Kyler Murray? You know, you're going to take Caleb Williams, number one, or do you trade it to somebody who, who would want to get that? Like, I don't, do you get a haul? Like, I have no idea. Going to next year's draft is going to be crazy because the, the Cardinals like are going to be the clear team to be the number one pick, but how, how much do they value Kyler Murray? They just paid him all that money. So I, I have no idea, uh, but the Colts are, the Colts are definitely going to be a team to watch out for that, that number one, number two, the overall pick. I would okay, say, here's I my thing, though. Like, are the better team, though. If, if, I mean, I, I wasn't really sure going into this conference, but now that we're, we're kind of talking about it, having D'Amico in there, I think the Texans <laughs> kind of know where they're at. There's not a ton of, like you said, not a ton of noise with this team. Stroud a little bit more proven as, as a thrower. I, I think the Texans may not have a crazy high ceiling. Like, this team's not going to win nine games, ten no. games this year, but I think I'd, I'd take them to win six games, and I, I don't think the Colts can, can win six games with, with the way it is right now, so... Yeah, I think that's probably just where I sit right now. I think the Colts finished last in this division. Where Here's my thing, though. Why why draft Anthony Richardson if if you're gonna tank for Caleb Williams? No, they're yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't think they would if they got the number one overall pick. Like, say that the Colts were so bad they got the number one overall pick. They would. T- I think they would take Marvin Harrison Jr. Because Marvin Harrison, trade the pick <laughs> or or they or they trade the pick. But shoot. Passing up the idea of of having Marvin Harrison Jr. on your team, like Marvin Harrison Jr., he, he's a receiver. I get that, but he's going. He's probably going to be a top three to top three to five pick this year. Like, and Marvin Harrison played for the Colts. And so. Marvin Harrison played for the Colts, man. That's what I'm saying. That'd be cold. Yeah, that'd be cold. Yeah, and and Caleb Williams might not even enter the draft. Y'all hearing about that? He was saying that uh, he might stay another year and try to make more money through NIL. Like he might not even go in this year. Hey, that's low key smart, bro. Keep yourself healthy. Give yourself another year to develop. Like if you're if you're making more money through nil than you would be on a rookie contract, hell yeah, stay in college. Like, bro, that'd be so sick if we get players staying in college for four years again just because they're making more money than they would on a rookie contract. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Is like there's so much that like the player empowerment. In college football, is, the players have so much power now. I feel like with the NIL, like it's almost like it's 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 becoming basketball a little bit. But in the NFL, it's not really there. Like I mean, there's not nearly as much player empowerment in the NFL. So like it could make some business sense for for Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah. So Preston, uh, I, I can't remember what you were saying. Did you uh, did you think that the the Colts still had the advantage over the Texans? Uh, or yeah. did we, you you still think so? Yeah, just from a culture standpoint, despite everything that's going on in the media with the Colts. Okay. All righty. Well, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions. Their over-under right now is 11 and a half. Uh, your Chargers pressing are nine and a half. 
The Denver Broncos uh, with uh, <laughs> Sean Payton. Preston, guess they're over under uh, this year for win total. Uh, I think I saw it was like 10 and a half or something. Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Yeah, eight and a half. Where did I get 10 and a half from? Oh, I don't know. But I don't know. I sh- eight and a half seems high for me. Uh, for me, at least. The, for the Broncos? I think so. I think so, bro. Look, uh, I... I uh, Bro, did you see what did you uh, see how Russell Wilson played last year? Bro. Don't matter, bro. Their defense, their defense literally like didn't give up more than 17 points like all season. Yeah, but they couldn't score shit. They added so much this year. Bro, like you really think Russell Wilson's gonna play that bad again this year? No, but look, I he's just gotta not be atrocious. I don't know if he's fixable, bro. I really don't. I don't know if he's fixable after that year. Okay, well you've got you've got freaking uh what's his face the the new the the coach there why am I blanking Peyton uh, Sean, Sean Peyton. Payton bro you got Sean Peyton there now bro like come on you really think like worst case scenario who who's their backup Broncos bro Jared Stidham don't sleep on Jared Stidham he he had a good I'm preseason he had a good preseason no he had a good preseason and bro with the Raiders he wasn't half bad okay so here's the deal Preston. D- the problem is the AFC is too stacked. Like there's, I don't like, do you really see this team making the playoffs? I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. They, bro. Would have to, they would have to finish second in the division to do that, to make the playoffs. I think. Yeah. Because you look at the chiefs are a lock. The chargers are better than, I think y'all are better than the Broncos. Okay. I think, for, I think from a, uh, from a roster standpoint, yes. But not a coaching standpoint, obviously. <laughs> Bro, you really think you really think we're going to be able to rebound and make the playoffs again after the way we lost to Jacksonville this past year? Bro. You really think the locker room believes in Brandon Staley after everything that's happened the last couple seasons? Well, hopefully, you, y'all in y'all's case, Herbert just got paid. He's got to he's got to get mentally adjusted to making that kind of money. Like, bro, money changes you. Like, it's going to be an adjustment period for sure. Like, I'm so nervous about this season. I honestly think we're going to suck. Really, bro? You were so confident in them last year. You remember like that big Yeah, awesome- last year. Last year when I was high on Brandon Staley. Yeah, look. Well, you you guys are banking on Kellen Moore to come in and be a really good offensive coordinator. So, uh we'll see if that happens. You guys drafted Quentin Johnson out of TCU as a wide receiver 3. Keenan Allen's regressing. Uh, you guys still got Gerald Everett as y'all's tied in. Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. You know they. Yeah, you, Austin Eckler. Like I trust me, the roster the roster is loaded, bro. The roster's the defense loaded. Is st- the defense is stacked. It's just Brandon Staley. It's just Brandon Staley. You know he just he he doesn't know how to win football games. And he doesn't know how to coach in the second half. Like he just doesn't know how to coach in the second half. It's like amazing game plan to start the game and then. You, you watch the second half and it's like, bro, like we don't score in the second half of games at all. And then all of a sudden we stop scoring. We stop moving the ball down the field. Then the defense slowly starts falling apart. Like, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm, it's an actual problem. Okay. So uh, I was looking at it. You guys have a new defensive coordinator, Derek Ansley. He was, uh, he was from Tennessee. He's coming, coming over from the Tennessee volunteers. Uh, and he's y'all's new defensive coordinator. We'll see if the, we'll see if he could, Maybe help you out a little bit because I in the past y'all have been pretty bad against the run. 
Yeah, no, we've always been bad against the run, but I, I don't think the defense is the problem. I think it's the second, the offense in the second half. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully Kellen Moore works out in y'all's favor then. Maybe, maybe he just needed a reset because, you know, obviously we talked about how uh, stagnant he got in Dallas, but maybe, maybe he just needed a reset with a different quarterback in LA. Who knows? Maybe, maybe y'all's offense will take another step this year, but get, get a little bit more creative this year. I mean, that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, but I don't think it's X and O's. I, I don't think it's play calling. I think it's the emotional management from Brandon Staley. I think we get hyped up, we go into these games, and then all of a sudden it's like the second half, it's like, where did we go? Like, why are we not building on the first half? You know, I just, I don't like Brandon Staley, especially after the Jackson. Like, bro, you know, that's going to be in the back of everybody's mind. And, He's always trying to make these things like rallying points, but like after a certain amount of time, when you keep on trying to rally from adversity and, you know, and then you hit more adversity and more adversity and more adversity and the adversity just keeps on getting worse and worse, bro, you're going to, you're going to start, it's going to start getting in your head and Justin Herbert getting paid. I don't think he's going to have a bad year, but I think he's going to have like a flat, like it's, he's not going to, take the next leap, at least this year. I, uh, I'm i praying for the best, but honestly, I am, I'm real concerned about Brandon Staley. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is Brandon Staley, Preston, because when you look at a comeback like that, 20, what was it, 27 to zero at halftime, right? You look at a, you look at a comeback like that. Um, and you normally, when you lose, cause you guys lost 31 to 30 on a game winning field goal, Preston. And I, I know you saw it. I know you saw, I don't, I hate to go back to that moment, but we, we, we got to talk about it. When you talk about a comeback that big, normally you're thinking, oh, defense just couldn't stop anybody. Uh, you know, we turned the ball over, but none of those two things happened. Y'all had four offensive drives total in that second half. That's coaching. That is all coaching. Like, Brandon Staley lost y'all that playoff game. It wasn't Justin Herbert. It wasn't y'all defense. Yes, y'all's defense needs to improve, uh, and it could have made bigger stops when it mattered, but four offensive drives in the second half? Like, are you kidding me? That's a coaching problem. There's no reason y'all should have lost that game. No reason. Zero reason. It's literally just emotions. That's it. That's the only way you can choke that game is being emotionally unstable, and I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. Yeah. Uh, as you guys can see, Preston and I have just been kind of carrying this uh, this division so far. Gledhoe had to dip out. His connection was getting really bad, uh, but we'll get him on next week. Yeah. Okay, Preston. Yeah, I'm, 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 really, I'm really hoping that it works out for y'all. I mean, what do you think about that? this nine and a half point uh, over under, this nine and a half over under? Do you, I mean, so you, you're expecting the Chargers to take a step back this year is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah, I have, them, I have them taking a step back. I have them finishing at nine and eight, three and three in the division. I've got the Raiders finishing up at six and 11 at the bottom. Uh, I've got the Broncos being a 10 win team. The Broncos are like, listen, their defense is insane. Russell Wilson is not going to play as bad as he, if, if the Broncos scored like 17 points in all, at least 17 points in like all of their games last year. They would have won like 11 games. Yeah. At, yeah, they would have won 11 games. Like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like, that's literally all they need to do this year. Um, and then, obviously, the Chiefs, they've gone over their their over-under total every single year since Mahomes got there. So, I've got them finishing up at 13-4. Yeah. Okay. For, first of all, we know that the uh, 
the Raiders are are going to be the worst team in this division. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, and now look, I think it's interesting that Raiders fans are going to have something to say about that because the Raiders swept the Broncos last year, Preston, and the Broncos had a, a horrible year last year and they, they brought in Sean Payton. Uh, look, I, I just don't know if, if Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson. And I know you're saying like, you're probably thinking like, why are you so off on the Russell Wilson hype train? Like it was one bad year. I mean, shoot, you just got to look at how bad it was though. Like it's, like, I don't know if, if a quarterback can mentally come back from something that bad. Maybe you're right, Preston. Maybe he just needs to be like semi-decent and they'll be fine. But Or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm banking more on Justin Herbert, who's a more who's a better quarterback. And then, of course, the Chiefs, who are the defending Super Bowl champions. I don't know if this Broncos team is going to be able to compete for a playoff spot just because of the other te- two teams in this division. And you go through the rest of the AFC. Chiefs are making the playoffs. Bengals are making the playoffs. Bills are making the playoffs. Jaguars are making the playoffs. You look at the wildcard teams. Chargers, I think they make it. You still got Baltimore. You got Pittsburgh. Like, are is Denver better than any of those teams that I listed? Those That's seven teams right there. Oh, how about the New York Jets? The Miami Dolphins? Are the are the Broncos better than any of those teams? There's going to be a lot of well, teams. Well, it's not necessarily them being better. Like, look at their, their schedule. Like, the Steelers are going to have a much tougher schedule this year, in my opinion. I think... The Jets are arguably going to have a tougher schedule this year. I mean, and then, you know, the the AFC South, I mean, that's just, you know, we already talked about that. That's a shit show. Yeah. Um, so I think that knocks those teams down a couple wins. And the Broncos, I think, you know, they sweep the Raiders. I think they they split with the Chargers and then they lose two games to the Chiefs. Yeah, they're going to have to win those AFC games, those big AFC games, because they play, <clears throat> they play Miami in Miami. They play the Jets at home. Let's see who else do they play. They play the Browns at home. Those are the big out of conference AFC or out of a division AFC games that they're going to have to win. So we're going to have to keep be keeping an eye if they want to make a wild card push for a wild card spot. They're going to have to win some of those games. Yeah, because you know that the division is going to be a dog fight for the rest of them. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I was looking at the Broncos schedule. I think I had them like. Uh, Eight and nine, nine and eight, maybe. I think I had eight and nine though. Uh, I think Sean Payton will they'll, they'll be improved. Uh, I just don't know. I, I need to see it from Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy is kind of battling a hamstring injury right now. Uh, the rest of the receiving core. I mean, they picked up a guy like uh, they drafted Marvin Mims Jr. out of OU. Uh, so we'll see if he can help them in the receiving core. And then of course their defense is is insane too. So Pat Sertan, one of the best corners in the league. So I, I got it. I got to give them credit. Their 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 defense is going to help them win games this year, no doubt about it. Uh, Chiefs, yep, Chiefs are going to repeat. Don't really have too much to say about that. I'll be interested to see uh, who the wide receiver one in Kansas City is. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is really the wide receiver one. Uh, but I mean, you know, MBS, uh, Rashid Rice, they drafted him out of SMU. Uh, Kadarius Tony, if he stays healthy, look, they they got a lot of unknown uh, name guys on their receiving core. So I mean, when you have a guy like Mahomes. And Kelsey, I mean, you don't really need like an elite wide receiver one. I mean, we saw that last year when they lost Tyreek Hill, they still won the Super Bowl. But yeah, we'll see how their offense looks uh, without the enemy this year. Uh, new offense coordinator. So yeah, they, they're going to be okay. They're, they're the freaking Chiefs. And then the Raiders, yep. Look, Jimmy G, he's one injury away from them being like a three-win team. Uh, Josh McDaniels don't like him as a head coach. They lost Darren Waller. Uh, they signed Jacoby Myers from New England. Uh, they still got Devontae Adams. They drafted Tyree Wilson. 
And then, of course, you got Max Crosby, and then they just paid Josh Jacobs. So I think the Raiders are going to be a team that runs the football a lot this year, but I, I don't think they have the roster. Uh, their win total right now is seven and a half. I'm, I'm taking the under on that for sure. So, yeah, and my final pr- prediction is that the Chiefs win about 13 games. Uh, I'm going to go the Chargers win about 10. I'm going to say the Broncos win eight. And then the Raiders, the, I think they they win four or five. So that that's what I got. I think the Raiders are going to be in the running to be one of the worst teams in the league. So, Preston, did you have anything else to add? No, not not to this division. Okay. Well, let's go to one more right here. This could be the most exciting division in this conference. Not the best, but the most exciting. AFC East, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, and New England Patriots. Preston, we got the Bills at 10.5 over under. That's lower than than most years. Uh, but I think they're banking yep. on... They're banking on uh, Dolphins and the Jets taking that next step. So, I mean, that's fair. You got the Dolphins at nine and a half. You got the Jets at nine and a half. And then you got the Patriots at seven and a half. Preston, what team do you want to start with? I mean, there's so much to talk about in this one. Yeah, um, let's go ahead and start at the bottom. Might as well. Let's start with the Patriots. Um, Listen, Bill Belichick, they just haven't done shit in the draft. That's it? They haven't done shit in the draft. And they just spent a shit ton of money in free agency out of nowhere. Was it last year? Like, no, it's literally just like their roster. Um, not much more to say about them. Like, okay, Mac Jones has shown that he's like a mediocre quarterback. Like, he's not going to take them out of the hole. So, you know, they're, they're going to be a team that I think, you know, seven, eight wins. Um, I think that's that's the safest thing to say about them. I, I don't see them losing less than six. I don't see them winning more than nine. Yeah. I mean, they're over under seven and a half. Look, uh, I expect Mac Jones to have a better year than last year because he had such a, I wouldn't say he had a great rookie season. He had a, he had a really like, cause things were set up perfectly for him. I think that first year and he was like a really good game manager type player. Uh, he played great when it mattered. He didn't turn the ball over very well and they made the playoffs. They got wrecked in that playoff game, but uh, he had a good rookie season. I, I don't say he had a great rookie season. He had a he had a good rookie season. Last year, he had a sophomore slump. And I, I, I kind of saw that, that regression coming. And yeah, I mean, Preston, I think you hit it on the nail. They just haven't done anything in the draft. I think their offseason compared to these other teams in this division has been underwhelming. I mean, you 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 get a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who I think, I mean, say what you want about, you know, his his personality. I, I think he's a solid wide receiver, and I think, you know, he'll be a solid fantasy option for them uh, this year. But, I mean, you pick up Mike Isecki, who didn't really work out in, in, in Miami. Uh, outside of that, I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia's not calling the plays. Uh, so you got Bill O'Brien coming from Alabama. Obviously, he, w- he was a horrible general manager for the Texans, but... He wasn't a bad head coach, and I expect him to be a pretty solid offensive coordinator uh, for Mac Jones. So I expect Mac Jones to have a better season this year. Uh, but it's just they, they're not going to compete. They, they can't compete with anybody else in this division, and the roster is just not good enough. Listen, if you're in the Patriots front office, like, what are you thinking, bro? Like, they're just trying to revive all these dudes' careers. Like, you got Zeke, Mike Secchi, like, bro, like, what are they doing? They're just signing all of these guys who were good, and, you know, they fell off a little bit. What, are you just trying to revive everybody? Like, I don't understand what they're doing here. That worked when you had Tom Brady on the team. That worked when you had Tom freaking Brady, bro. You don't got Tom Brady no more. Yeah. 
No, I, I expect Mac Jones to have a better year, but it's, it's not going to be enough. This team's not going to compete. I think seven wins is honestly perfect. I think they go about six and 11, seven and 10, honestly, Preston. I think that's like, they're right on, we're right on the money right there. Yeah, they're, they're losing to the Jets at least once. Miami owns New England nowadays. They probably get swept by them and they'll get swept by the Bills. Like, they're, they're guaranteed about, you know, three or four losses in this division right there. So, yeah, I have them at eight and nine, and I have no idea how because I have them at one and five in the division. Um, so, that, I'm like, who are they beating? Is that one win I versus know. New York? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but I, I have them beating Philadelphia in week one. Hey, it's like week one, baby. Yes. It's week it one. Week one. <laughs> one of my buddies told me the other day. He said my upset of week one is is going to be the Patriots over the Eagles in, in New England. That'd be yeah. awesome. that'd be freaking awesome. Okay, yeah, we don't. I don't really have anything else to say about the Patriots. Uh, I think Christian Gonzalez. They they stole him at number seventeen in the draft kid out of Oregon cornerback and he's really physical. I think he could be a sleeper for defensive rookie of the year. So watch out for that. But yeah, this team's not going to compete. Preston, what, what's next? What, what team are we going? We go Miami. We go New York here. Uh, and number three, I got, I got Miami. Um, and this is strictly as of Tua. Like we don't know what we're going to get out of Tua. We don't know if he's going to get another head injury. We don't know what's going to happen if he gets another head injury. Like there's too many, there's too many question marks there. Obviously, like I believe in Mike McDaniel as a as a coach, like, like he's been phenomenal. But without Tua, like, what are you gonna do? Like, do you expect them to say stay healthy all seventeen games? I don't. So I, I've got them finishing up at nine and eight and just missing out on the playoffs. Yeah, look, uh, it's fair to say that Miami probably could be the odd team out in the playoffs. You just got so many teams battling uh for this division and i if you're saying miami's gonna miss out of the playoffs you're you're saying that another team that third team from that afc north is probably gonna be better so i think we're on the same page that the steelers have the edge over the dolphins uh in 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 the afc so i i i agree with you Preston. i think miami is actually gonna be the first team out of the playoffs because i think uh i think chiefs Bengals, jaguars and then this division whoever wins this division that's four right here and then you have the three wild card spots, uh, which I think is going to be Baltimore, Pittsburgh. So two teams for the AFC North. Uh, and then that third spot, I think is, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, it's probably going to be the Jets, honestly. So uh, I would I would give them the advantage over the Dolphins, at least. Uh, so yeah, I think Miami might be the might be the odd team out here in this playoff wild card spot. I've got a lot of teams finishing at night at nine and eight and ten and seven. Yeah, a lot of teams. Oh, up and I forgot about the Chargers too. The Chargers could beat out the Dolphins too. That that Week One game is going to show a lot at the end of the season, Preston. You guys play. Uh, you guys play the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. That's going to be crucial in that wild card race uh, later in the season. So keep an eye out on that game. Yeah, I agree with you. I had the Dolphins finishing third here, and it's not just Tua. It's really kind of the offensive line too. Uh, I think outside of Teron Armstead, if he goes down. Their offensive line is uh, like Tua could really get hurt. Uh, so we know how special of, of a player Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are. Uh, I mean, this team is literally Zoom University. They also have Raheem Mostert, who's one of the fastest players in the league. They drafted Devon A. Chain in the fourth round, who that's my boy from AM. 
Uh, he also ran on the track team with me. That dude is quick, bro. And if Raheem Moster goes down, they're just going to have so many, like Mike McDaniels is going to have such a creative way of using these guys in the lineup because they, they just have players that like they can run a whole freaking four by four team out there against people because they're so quick. Like this is literally zoom university, but uh, outside of that, oh, they can run a four by one, bro. What yeah. You mean? Yeah, they can run a four by one. Uh, they can run four by one, four by two, four by three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, Miami, like they're great, man, and I they're great in a sense that they always do it right in the off season. Like we talk about it every single year, how great they do in the draft, how great they do in free agency. Like they just always they're always aggressive. Like more than the freaking Patriots have been, they're always aggressive. The problem is. Their offensive line is, I mean, outside of Toronto Armstead is not very good. And Tua is one injury away from ha- his career possibly being over. Like, we don't know. And this, the rest of the teams in this division are physical. So, honestly, I think nine and a half is good. I think Miami's Dolphin ceiling is 11 wins. Uh, we saw that a couple years ago when Miami won 10 games, they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs with Fitz Magic. They, they won 10 games. They missed the playoffs. Last year, what present they won nine, ten games? They missed the playoffs because Tua got hurt. Or no, they made the playoffs. They they lost that first they lost that first game to the uh, the Bills, but Tua didn't play. He got hurt. So, like in the biggest moments when they didn't have Tua, they lost. So Tua's got to find a way to stay healthy. I think Miami has the potential to be one of the best teams in the AFC, but historically they've always came up short. No matter how aggressive they've been, I kind of feel bad for them. I hope they're a team that that takes another step soon. But I, I'm I'm just gonna stay on the safer side and say that Miami's probably gonna be the odd man out. I think Miami they'll they'll be up there in this division race early, but I just don't know if down the stretch they're gonna be able to to compete with the other two teams in this division. And like I said, man, the My, Miami can win 10, 10 games and miss the playoffs. Like it, that, like they can be a solid ten win team and miss the playoffs. That's just the way it is. That's how I feel about that. Preston, New York Jets. Oh, baby. I mean, second or first in this division, you have him top two. You bring in Aaron Rodgers. You finally get that going. Uh, you have him bring in a couple of his old friends up there in uh, in New York. They you know, they bring in Alan Lazar. They bring in Randall Cobb, who's a, a proven veteran. Uh, the defense, we talk about how great their defense is. You know, Sauce Gardner uh, in the secondary. Just uh, Quentin Williams. Like they just they have one of the best defenses in the league, top five last year. They just have a swagger to them. Uh, and then Garrett Wilson as a year two breakout wide receiver, and then bringing in Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I mean, this team is loaded. Before I ask you where you think they're going to finish, let's just kind of talk about the Jets overall. I mean, how how they got here. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, breakout season last year. Brees Hall was amazing in the beginning of the year, <laughs> and you know all the the quarterback controversy with um bro what's his face cracks me up mike white uh, dude no no mike. okay mike white bro i feel so bad for mike white dog where's he at now anyways dude he's the backup for tua oh he's the backup for tua oh bro that's so sick <laughs> dude i hope i hope we get another mike white redemption story this year bro i love mike white bro he showed so much heart dog he was getting beat up he was getting beat up and he just kept on coming back and coming back and, you know, putting them in positions to win games, man. I, I really hope we get to see him this year. Um, not that I, I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. But, I know what you're um, saying. 
but uh no the the cat from byu bro oh zach wilson i know zach wilson's living the life in new york man you've been watching hard knocks you've been watching hard knocks (laughs) bro he cracked me he's got to be like one of the funniest like bro i think it is so like he's just so cocky and he thinks he's so this that and the other oh my goodness and I love seeing Aaron Rodgers react with them and just kind of like shake his head, like, bro, like, who is this guy? Like, this guy is not real. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, dude, the uh, the Jets, uh, I'm worried that they're going to have a big target on their back because of, you know, everybody's seen them in hard knocks, right? Then on top of that, you got Aaron Rodgers, who's kind of turned into this, this cocky guy who does drugs um, and like psychedelics and, announcing his decision like lebron james on the pat McAfee. bro like it's such a diva and i love soft gardener like he, he's just like the ultimate like man like for aaron Rodgers. but like if you're on the opposing team and you're seeing that shit like on tiktok or whatever like you just gotta be like man i want to fuck these guys up like use my language but i want to fuck these guys up um so i think they're gonna have a big target on their back i think they're gonna have a tough year yeah, they're they're over under is nine and a half. So I'm glad that they they put it a little lower than maybe some people were expecting because I think they could be anywhere between a nine win team to a to a thirteen win team if, if 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 things go as great as we think they can. Obviously, that's best case scenario. You still got to worry about Buffalo, and and I, I want to go right into Buffalo because Buffalo, Preston, they just look. I mean, it, it kind of I hate to compare. I hate to compare, and 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 don't jump on me for this, but. The Buffalo Bills, Preston, they remind me a lot of the Dallas Cowboys, man. They always are going to be there in the regular season, but when it comes to those playoff games and they're expected to to make a uh, you know have a big win, credit that Josh Allen has at least gotten to an AFC championship and and Dak Prescott has not. They still like the lights are the big they're shine brightest on them. They have a chance to do something special. They're going to they're supposed to have the team. They always have the team and then they just always fall short every single year um I, I can see the comparison um you know bills fans they break tables before the games cowboys fans they break tables after the games yeah um so there, there's definitely a comparison there <laughs> <laughs> hey i'll give them this their fans are at least a lot more competent and more loyal than ours are oh no yeah uh, i think cowboy fans are loyal uh, well, I, I, maybe loyal I think they, they, Cowboy fans are just delusional. They're more they're more tolerable, is what I should say. Yeah, no, Bills fans. I mean, I think Bills have one of the most likable fan bases. Yeah, um, we don't in in the country. Yeah, we Not don't. Really. Everybody hates Cowboys fans. Everybody hates Cowboys fans. That's why me and Preston aren't friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but I, I think the comparison is great, and I always tell my buddy Vegas. Uh, he's a my buddy Vegas. He he's a huge Bills fan. Huge Josh Allen guy. And I always talk so much crap to him. I think we're going to try to go to that Buffalo game uh, on December 17th in Buffalo. I'm going to try to get tickets out there and go to the game in Buffalo with uh, with him against the Cowboys. In the cold? Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to try to Dang. go. Dude, it's going to be crazy. Hey, and, I'm only three hours from Dallas, bro. So, And I'm only an hour from you now. So We should go. We, we got it. Yeah, let's go to a game. Let's go, bro. I mean, you know I always go to the Thanksgiving games. Last year, we went to the Christmas Eve game against Philly. That was the most fun I ever had at a game with my dad. That was awesome. But this year we're playing the Dolphins in Miami on, on Christmas Eve. So I won't be able to go to that, but Hey man, I mean, if we want to, 
we want to go to the Thanksgiving game against the Commanders or we want to go send it up to Buffalo on December 17th, that'd be awesome, bro. We got to figure out a game or something. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Okay, back on topic. I always give Vegas so much shit about the Bills. And he, you know, he always has like a, you know, a smart ass comment about like, oh, dude, you're, you're, you're a Cowboys. Like you have Dak Prescott. He sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, you don't understand, bro, that like you guys are a lot more similar to us than y'all think. Y'all are expected to do something every single year and y'all never do it. And I mean, hey, I think that's just true. Uh, I think with the Bills this year, I'm glad that they're putting like same, similar with the Jets, like on the over under. I'm glad they have it a little bit lower than we expected. And that gives them more room to actually prove some people wrong. Uh, and I think this this could be a big year for Buffalo because when I look at this division, a lot of the hype is on the Jets. Uh, and you were mentioning Preston. They, they just have like a lot of pressure going for them. And that could be really good for the Bills. I think a lot of people are going to be picking the Jets to win that game uh, week one uh, in New York. They're going to, a lot of people are going to be picking Jets to win that game over Buffalo. And Buffalo could go in there and roll them. You never know. I mean, you, you just never know how it's going to, how it's going to go. So before I ask you, you know, who's going to go first one, two in this division, I will say that uh, Josh Allen is going to have to cut the turnovers. He he is. He's led the NFL in turnovers the past two seasons. He's thrown 29 picks the last two years. Uh, he fumbled a lot last year uh, and he's just an aggressive quarterback. That's just the way he is. He runs the ball a lot. Uh, he takes a lot of contact and I mean, he's just a big physical guy. So uh, I mean, he's able to do that, but he does tend to turn the ball over in crucial moments. And I think that's the only thing that holds him back from, you know, a guy like Mahomes or Burrow. I think Burrow and Mahomes take care of the ball a little bit better. Uh, so Josh Allen, that's why I, I have them. I have him right behind those two guys. And uh, it just, they just kind of rubbed me the wrong way last season because going into that, the season, I, I thought they were going to be the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. They came out that week one game against the Rams, looked like, you know, the best team in the AFC they beat the Bill or they beat the uh, the Chiefs in Arrowhead last year. They finally got the revenge. It felt like this was going to you know be training to the Bills' uh, direction this year. Um, and then unfortunately, the stuff that happened with Demar Hamlin kind of set them back a little bit emotionally. And then they went into that playoff game uh, against the the Cincinnati Bengals at home in the snow in Buffalo, and they only scored ten points. They they shat their pants. Like like I was expecting so much. I mean, yeah, they had really bad play calling. Uh, Diggs and and Josh Allen weren't on the same page. They didn't run the ball very well. But the point is, is they were at home in a divisional playoff game in the snow where the weather benefited them and they could only muster up 10 points and they got completely outcoached. So Buffalo's got to be better in bigger moments. That that's just that's just what it's going to come down to. If they want to win a Super Bowl, if they want to win their first Super Bowl, the fans love them, the fans are loyal they're going to have to find a way to win games when it matters. Same with the Cowboys. So, Preston, I got to ask you, Buffalo, New York, who finishes first? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I got New York winning 10 games. I got Buffalo winning 12 games. Um, I think Josh Allen is at a critical point in his career. I think this is a critical season. You know, I think he's got he, he's got more pressure on him than any other quarterback in the league, I feel like this year, because he has to cut the turnovers down. The, the turnovers have been costing them a lot and they've got such a talented team, talented coaching staff, talented, you know, just talented players. You know, they have to, with the way, I mean, Mahomes being the best quarterback and you got Joe Burrow um, cementing himself as the second best quarterback in the NFL before we were having 
talks about Josh Allen being the number two. So is he going to be able to go out and prove that this year? Or, you know, is he going to take another step back? Or is he, he going to um, continue to turn the ball over and lose close games? I wouldn't be surprised if they only ended up winning 10 games this regular season, honestly, if that really gets in his head and he, he starts struggling a little bit because of all that. Um, or maybe he gets injured because he's being too aggressive and he's trying to be more physical as a runner um, to compensate for, you know, him turning the ball over. You know, these, these are all real possibilities. But, yeah, no, I think 12 wins is a safe bet. I think, you know, they, they make the playoffs again. It's just you got to go up against the Chiefs and the Bengals. And honestly, you got to make it out, you know, as a three seed. You got, you're going to end up playing a, a pretty good team, um, especially in this AFC. So we'll see We'll see if they can get to the, the divisional round again this year and uh, if they get to the, to the divisional round again this year, which is what everybody's anticipating, you know, and he beat Mahomes or Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think last year I made a video about it. I said that that, that game between Cincinnati and Buffalo, what we were really going to find out who the better quarterback between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen were, and we found out. We found out that Joe Burrow was the better quarterback because Joe Burrow, I mean, I wouldn't say he had more to prove, but he had more to battle against in that game. I mean, he was on the road in the snow in Buffalo. It's not like this game was in Cincinnati. Like this game was in Buffalo. Like they they had all the cards to win that game. And Joe Burrow went out there and outplayed Josh Allen. And and the 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 Bills had the Demar Hamlin thing that they're rattling behind. Uh huh. Yeah. The Bills had all like yeah, bro. I thought the Bills were gonna were gonna wipe the Bengals. I thought they were gonna wipe them. Yeah. And then they let Joe Burrow go back to back AFC to the AFC title game. So like Burrow's just if you want to look at the stats, yes. Josh Allen has been better. Josh Allen has, has been the better quarterback, but you just got to, you, you want to look at winning and coming up clutch for their team when it matters the most. Joe Burrow's done that over Josh Allen. So yeah, this is a big year for Josh Allen. I, I don't know if I would go as far as you and say that he has the most pressure out of every quarterback because there's a lot of quarterbacks that have a lot of pressure. I think, oh man, I mean, looking at, shoot, Deshaun Watson, I, I would argue that he has a lot of pressure on him. I mean, if he doesn't have a good year for the Browns, maybe he doesn't lose his job because they paid him all that money, so they're probably stuck with him. But like, they're never going to be able to compete if if he doesn't have a good year. Uh, Tua, if he can't stay healthy, like, what are they? What are the Dolphins going to do with him? Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, he's in a contract year. If they lose another divisional round game, you know, what are the Cowboys going to do? Like, are they going to end up paying him an extension? I I don't know. So honestly, like. I don't know is to go as far to say Josh Allen has the most pressure out of every quarterback, but he's up there. He's definitely up there. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Preston. I have the Bills winning 12 games, and I have the I have the Jets winning one more game than you. I have them winning 11. I have them going 11 and 6. I'm high on the Jets. I really like their defense. I think their defense is top five in the league. I think Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed is the best cornerback duo in football. Uh, I love Quinton Williams on the defensive uh defensive line and uh i mean we talk about how great their offense is with aaron Rodgers. he's at that point in his career where he's just like playing like nonchalantly bro like he he knows like this is coming to an end he's finally out of green bay and he's just gonna go out there and have fun man with his wide receiver one and garrett wilson that's gonna be one of the better duos this year if you guys have a chance to draft garrett wilson early like second round 
take him, man. Like I promise you, he's going to break out this year. And then uh, we'll see how Brees Hall kind of eases back into the lineup coming off that ACL tear because he was freaking phenomenal. His rookie year last year before he tore his ACL, they bring in Dalvin Cook, who can definitely carry the load until he gets back or until he's 100%. Uh, so watch out to see who gets the majority of those carries early on. Uh, I would imagine Dalvin Cook probably the first first few games just because Brees Hall's got to ease back into the lineup. But yeah, man, I mean, this, this Jets team, it's loaded. It's loaded, and the only thing I'm worried about it as you, Preston, is, is uh, the pressure. There's a lot of pressure on them. I don't think we have to worry about them being a Denver Broncos of last year because a lot of people, you know, you can see, like, oh, like Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Look at their defense. Like they're going to, they're going to be, they're going to compete with the Chiefs this year. And, and they just had a horrible year and Russell Wilson forgot how to play football. I don't think we're going to see that with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, the older he's gotten, maybe he, he hasn't made, you know, the clutch throws as he made when he was younger. He still is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but. You know, you can look at some throws and be like, man, like Prime Rodgers hitting that on the money every single time. But I think the Jets are setting this up for success. I think Aaron Rodgers has a, you know, a small enough contract to where if things go bad, it's okay because it's not like they traded their whole future for him. Um, and this is this is only going to be like a one or two year deal. Like this is the end of Aaron Rodgers' career. He knows that. So I think he's going to go out there and he's going to put less pressure on himself. But I think the Jets overall are going to have a lot of pressure to win games and compete with the Bills. Uh, so watch out for that week one game in New York. I think it's going to show a lot, uh, even though it's only week one. Uh, but I still think the Bills win this division slightly. So that's what I got, man. Preston, you, I mean, am I missing anything? I, I think we we covered everything we need to cover. It's still Buffalo's division to lose, but we, we're all pretty high on the Jets this year. Yeah, I, I think we covered everything. All right, man. Well, I'm glad we got that all taken care of, bro. We got we got the NFL season coming up next week. Can't believe it's already here. Preston, I'm gonna let you go so we can go watch some college football. Enjoy our day. Have some have a good time. Uh I'll have to get you on next week. We gotta talk about week one to predict some of these games. So I'll catch you next week, man. All right. Sounds good. Peace out. All right, bro. Catch you later.